You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, who are you all on this Monday, day after free agency started at 5.01 Central yesterday, and the Pelicans got into the mix early on signing J.J. Redick. I'm going to break down this signing for you, let you know everything you need to know about him, but then they weren't done, and it actually kind of broke before the J.J. Redick news. Niccolo Melli coming over from Europe. You don't know much about this guy. I've watched the film. I've talked to a couple of people who watched him overseas. Let's break down what he brings to this Pelicans team as well. A busy first day of free agency for New Orleans. We're also going to take a look at some of the other signings that went down. The big news with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and some others, but there's still dominoes yet to fall. And how does that impact this Pelicans team? We're going to cover it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So on July 1, the league rolls over to a new year, and it's usually at 12.01 when you start to hear about the free agent signings, but the NBA moved it up to 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Central here for us in New Orleans, just to make it a little bit easier. And boy, was it nice, as it was fun to spend the afternoon seeing all of the deals that went down in the NBA and a really changed landscape in the NBA. And the Pelicans were a part of this, getting into the action early on, signing one of the better shooters in the league to a two-year deal. It's J.J. Redick, formerly of the Philadelphia 76ers, another Duke guy, by the way, signing a two-year, $26.5 million deal here to join the New Orleans Pelicans. This is an established veteran shooter who, by the way, shoots a career 41.3% beyond the arc. Those are some pretty good numbers overall. Last season for Philadelphia, he actually put up a career high, 18.1 points per game. Again, pretty good numbers. Averaged also 2.7 assists per game along with 2.4 rebounds. But that's not really why he's coming to New Orleans. This is a veteran presence that David Griffin was looking for. This is a guy not on a three- or four-year deal. It's really no four-year deals, mainly looking for two- to three-year deals. Check that box as well. And someone who also shoots in spaces the court. You want to know how many shots from DP took last season? He took eight. Eight three-pointers attempted per game last year for Philadelphia. Shot 39.7%, one of the lower numbers of his career. And then he made 3.2 of them. This is a guy who on average, again, is shooting over 40% from three. So very good numbers. He's a guy who can come in, teach these players how to be a pro, show them just what it takes to succeed, and also hit a number of threes, make life a little bit easier for Zion Williamson and this new look Pelican squad. 
There's a lot to break down with this signing, and we'll go into that in subsequent days, but a lot of it's still unknown. We don't know whether he's starting or coming off the bench next season, and that likely depends on what they do the rest of free agency and maybe how some of the Pelicans look in training camp and if there's other moves or trades to be made too. You know, this is a guy who came off the bench in Philly at times, but also started a number of games for them, and it just kind of depends. So you could see using him in a variety of roles. You could see him playing the two. Maybe he gets a start at the three, or you just run a backcourt of Drew, Lonzo, and J.J. Redick. They've been starting, you know, each one more at the three spot, so J.J. Redick's certainly an increase there. But maybe you do have him come off the bench as the first sub to provide some shooting after maybe starting a guy like Brandon Ingram. So it just depends, and it gives the Pelicans a lot of flexibility. But they needed some shooting. They needed a veteran guy. This checks a lot of those boxes while having the contracts fit the timeline of what's going on with Zion Williamson. Keep that in mind because that's very key, and I'll touch on Al Horford in a minute, and that was likely the sticking point there. And I'll dive into probably tomorrow why three-year deals are so important to this Pelicans team and why signing four-year deals has to be almost a hardline stance of no. It is important to keep in mind when Zion Williams' extension will come in play. This just fits what the Pelicans are looking to do. This makes a lot of sense. This is a guy who's averaged 25.9 minutes per his career. The past two seasons in Philadelphia averaged over 30 minutes per game. He's going to space the court. He's going to hit threes. He'll be a good presence in the locker room. It's really as simple as that. Good for New Orleans just to go out and get a guy that they saw that fit and not wait for dominoes to fall, not get cute and maybe try and use up all of their cap room on one guy. Just get someone who makes a lot of sense. And that's what J.J. Redick is. You're not looking at him being necessarily part of the future while you compete for titles unless he's willing to accept a much smaller role. This is a guy who's coming in to space the court and teach the young guys. Simple, done, we can close the book on this, but it's a good signing. It also makes Etuan Moore a little bit more expendable. Maybe you look to trade him, maybe you look to kind of figure out what to do with him, but he can either be as a sixth man or start. You've got all the flexibility in the world, not someone who's a great ball handler, but someone who can keep the ball moving. So it keeps the roles of guys like Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, and Frank Jackson, and then of course, Nikhil Alexander uh, Walker still in play, and it's gonna allow them just to do what they do. You can run him in a variety of lineups. The numbers are good, perfect. This is exactly what you wanna do. Interesting note, per Synergy Basketball, one of the premier tracking sites in the NBA, scored 435 points off handoff actions last season. They say comfortably the most in modern NBA history and likely the all-time single season record. Dribble handoffs are one of the biggest things. We could probably spend an episode just breaking those down. Big dribbles, dribbles, dribbles with the ball, then hands it off to a shooter and kind of uses that big body that they have to create some space between the shooter and the defender. J.J. Redick is excellent off of those. Just getting the ball, getting it into a shooting pocket, and then releasing. This is a guy who just give him any little bit of space, can come out and shoot really highly or at a very high level. Perfect. Exactly what the Pelicans are looking for. The J.J. Redick sign, there's just not, like, again, this kind of fits with the Pelicans offseason. Just really good. Not a whole lot of bad things to say about what they're doing right now. This fits. You know, they have a glut of guards, maybe, but this is a guy who slots right into the rotation in a pecking order, anything like that. Have to be happy bringing J.J. Redick in. And also, now there's a nice Duke contingent washing away all of that Kentucky contingent that we've had the past couple of seasons.
So even before free agency started, New Orleans got in on the free agent action early on. I'm going to let you know all about the European forward they pulled over to play for the Pelicans for the next two years, including what his contract is. But before we get to that, don't forget, subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Here for you Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you need to know. If something happens, we're covering it the next day. No other Pelicans podcast coming to you with that kind of frequency, letting you know what you need to know about this Pelicans team, which has been a lot of fun to cover and is only going to be more fun going forward. You're excited. We're excited. Make sure you're following along with Locked On Pelicans by subscribing and please leave a five-star review. Helps keep this free in five days a week for y'all as we get excited about this upcoming Pelican season. So before free agency even got underway in the NBA, the Pelicans were getting in on the action early on, pulling EuroLeague power forward Nicolo Melli, the Italian stallion, according to a lot of the YouTube highlight clips of him, a 6-9 uh, stretch four, bringing him over on a two-year contract, likely for the room exception for New Orleans. Remember, you can operate as an over-the-cap team or an under-the-cap team. The Pelicans have been operating this offseason as an under-the-cap team, meaning you can use the cap space that you have, the reported $32 million or so, plus the the room exception to sign other guys. Nicolo Melli and the amount that he's uh, taken up of the cap likely fits into that room exception, meaning right now as it stands when I record this, which is 9.31 p.m. Central, so it's subject to change depending on how things go the next minutes or hours, I guess. They have about $19 million in cap space. We're rounding up 18 to $19 million. That's where we stand right now. So Nicolo Melli is likely fitting into that room exception, $4.5 million or so. Again, we'll keep this easy for y'all. We don't need to go into the nitty-gritty with all of that. This is a move that's kind of being lauded, even though it's a name you might not be familiar with. Longtime player um, over in Europe in the Turkish League last year. He was the top scorer in the Euro League Finals, basically the Champions League of European basketball, to make it really simply to something that you might understand. 28-year-old who's been playing professional basketball for something like 13 years so far, and this has the makings of a Trajan Langdon signing with New Orleans. And it's been reported that he was a guy that the Nets had scouted multiple times. Langdon watched him in person multiple times as well, maybe looking to bring him to Brooklyn. But now since he's the GM of the Pelicans, they decided to go ahead and make this move. It's a two-year guaranteed deal. So while he could be cut, that's committing a lot of money to a guy. So he's likely going to be on the roster the next two seasons. Though he's 28, and again, young and from Europe, He's got a lot of professional basketball experience, and I think that's something that New Orleans really valued. Also, we had said they were looking for a stretch four, a stretch big, who could shoot the three and stretch the court for Zion Williamson. This guy absolutely fits the bill. On 331 three-point attempts last season, shot 42.1%. It's pretty good. Now, the Eurobasket three-point line is shorter than the NBA three-point line. We saw Darius Bertans come over from Europe last year, who was a great shooter out there, not able to make a dent in the rotation or anything from the Pelicans, couldn't even hit threes when called upon. So keep that in mind. That can definitely be an issue. But he's also got some pretty aggressive instincts from just watching his YouTube clips. I talked to a couple people who scouted him over there too. They're pretty high on him and think as kind of an end-of-bench guy 
five for New Orleans. He makes a lot of sense. He's got some decent outlet passing. He's a good enough defender, does, doesn't have a ton of lateral mobility, might be a negative defensively, but at least can probably hold his own. Should remind you a little bit of... Um, Nikola Mirotic, who then went up in a surprise move, went overseas to Real uh, Barcelona and won't be in the NBA again next year. So for stretch four, stretch five, whatever they needed, a guy who could shoot from deep who's big, this fits the bill. More importantly, I think the reason they wanted to get a stretch big is it allows you to test a lot of different lineups with Zion Williamson to see what he does well in. It's not necessarily about the lineups being good next season, but get a bunch of different types of bigs and see what who Zion does well next to. What type of situation does he thrive in? Where does he struggle? And how can you either work with him on that or build around that to avoid that situation in the future? So Niccolo Melli, the Italian stallion, which is pretty fun to say um, and is a pretty cool nickname, is going to be here on the team next year. That was the big signing for the Pelicans before free agency, which doesn't count as tampering because he's a European guy and you can just bring him on over. So that's kind of where we stand with the Pelicans' two signings on the opening day of free agency. In a minute or two, we're going to look at the full league and talk about some of those and what the dominoes yet to fall are and how they impact New Orleans. And there's one or two moves that really do or could have an impact, hypothetically, of course. And we'll wait to see if those things happen. Of course, I'm checking my phone right now as I look at all of this, and it's kind of crazy. Things have just been flying left and right. Um, and it looks like Clay Thompson just signed with Golden State. Good for him. That was no surprise there. One thing we do need to mention, Al Horford was big and rumored to be coming to New Orleans. A lot of smoke you know, about this, but it turns out there was no fire. Likely because he wanted the four-year deal. And I can tell you from people I've talked to, New Orleans was interested in him, but just couldn't make it work. He wanted that fourth year guaranteed, and after, especially after opting out $30.1 million in his final year with the Boston Celtics. He would have made a lot of sense and would have fit. He's just a good dude, good mentor for this team. Defensively, he's excellent. Amazing with dribble handoff situations, as we talk, just talked about how important those are to modern-day NBA offenses. A, he's a good rebounder. He can shoot the ball, too. Just would have been awesome. But he would have taken up the majority of your cap space. Also, really wouldn't have worked if he wanted the four-year deal. And we'll talk about tomorrow why that's a bad idea. But here's the thing. No one reported J.J. Redick to New Orleans before free agency started. No one talked about Niccolo Melli coming to New Orleans with all of this. This is just how this team operates from now on. When there's leaks, it's likely leading to nothing. Yes, there were some leaks with the stuff from the Lakers, but largely it was just, boom, this is happening. New Orleans isn't leaking things. There's not leaks like in the past. This is how they operate now. Keep that in mind as you parse the rest of the rumors around the league when New Orleans is mentioned. There's no Tobias Harris coming here. Al Horford had a chance, but not really that realistic, I think is safe to say. This is kind of the new era. One thing I do want to mention with Niccolo Melli, again, this has Trajan Langdon all over it. He scouted him over there multiple times with the Nets. And in his opening day press conference, it sounds like he said, we have really good relationships with a lot, or I have really good relationships with a number of teams over there, meaning I can get a lot of info on these players that other teams can't. And that gives New Orleans a big advantage. Really nice to kind of see 
uh, these type of signings with everything. So overall, very good for New Orleans. Really cool to see that front office and the revamp front office playing paying early dividends for the franchise. Pretty good opening day of free agency for your Pelicans. So in the next segment, I was going to talk about the rest of the league and how all of that impacts the Pelicans in free agency. And it was going to have to do with the Utah Jazz signing Bogdan Bagdanovich from the Indiana Pacers and then Ed Davis to a contract and what that means for Derek Favors. But... Good thing I didn't record the third segment just yet because it sounds like the New Orleans Pelicans have traded for Derek Favors from the Utah Jazz. We're going to break it down for you coming up in just a moment here. But again, don't forget to subscribe to the Locked on Pelicans podcast. The podcast is growing. A lot of people are listening, and I know there's a lot of brand new Pelicans fans out there. Clue them into the podcast. Share this with one of your friends tomorrow, the day after free agency, when you want to know everything going on about this team. So thank you if you've been a new uh, for being a longtime listener. If you're a new listener, thank you very much for tuning in. This has been a heck of a ride and it's a lot of fun to cover this team right now. The Zion era for your New Orleans Pelicans. And don't forget, listen to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and please leave a five-star review. So after the first two things we talked about in the podcast today, the Pelicans weren't done. And I was going to talk in this segment, as I said, about the Utah Jazz and what they're doing, signing Bogdanovich, signing Ed Davis. And that really puts them on having to get rid of Derek Favors. And I believe they had to, like actually had to, because they don't have the cap room for those guys without moving on from Favors, who's owed something like 17, let me see, 0.65 million next season, but only four something of that was guaranteed. So if you waive him, then certainly you get the cap room and that makes a lot of sense. New Orleans would have liked to bring in in, uh, favors off of the waiver wire, but they don't have the highest priority. They do have a pretty high priority overall, but not the absolute highest. And given that they have a glut of second round picks, this is likely what they're sending out to bring him in. You may as well trade for him, make sure you get the guy rather than maybe letting another team pick him up on the waiver wire. And this is sound like what New Orleans did. The terms of the trade have not been released when I'm recording this. It's likely going to be some sort of second round pick combination, maybe one, maybe multiple with that. And given that New Orleans tried to get out of the second round in this past draft, using one or two of those to make sure you get your guy, even if you could have gotten him for free, makes a lot of sense. I think that's an important thing here. They knew what they wanted. They went to go out and get him and now have used up the majority of the 18 to 19 million dollars in cap space that they had which is fine because they don't really have any roster spots left available for people to try and make the team or for moves that they want to make next year. So this is kind of perfect and it makes a lot of sense. And Derek Favors really seems to make this seem like it is official saying, quote, I will miss Utah and I appreciate my time with the Jazz. Thank you to the fans. I'm ready and excited for the next chapter. Well, that next chapter is going to be here in New Orleans. And by the way, Derek Favors, probably going to be your opening day starter for the New Orleans Pelicans. Last year for the Utah Jazz, played in 76 games, 70 starts. He started the majority of his career after being initially drafted by the New Jersey Nets and then moving over to Utah in the trade for Darren Williams back in 2010-2011 season. Averaged 11.8 points per game last year, 7.4 rebounds. This is guy who is just 
stout, stout defensively. He also shot 58.6% from the field, does 11.8 points per game, came on 8.1 shot attempts, does not stretch the court at all. This is a career 21% shooter from deep. You're not even looking for him to do that. He is a very good locker room presence, fits the culture that New Orleans is looking to build upon. He fits all of that. He adds defense. He adds toughness. It just makes sense. You already got your court spacer in Niccolo Melli. Now you get the big who can defend and be your starting center a little bit more comfortably than a guy like Jaleel Okafor next season. This, according to Synergy, is also a great move. He was one of the best finishers in the NBA last season. He shot 73% in transition. Maybe you've heard a little bit about Alvin Gentry's system and what he likes to do, getting out and running. So 73% in transition, 69% on cuts. Off-ball movement is going to be a big thing here in New Orleans next year. This is a guy who's cool not having the ball, making a cut to the rim, getting the pass, finishing that way. With Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, Frank Jackson hopefully improving, Nikola Ale- or, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker as well. This is a guy who could thrive getting on Uh, getting balls on cuts, easy buckets like that. 66% on putbacks. So when you miss and he gets that offensive rebound, he can just knock it right back in. Zion Williamson is also incredible in this. You have to figure the Pelicans are looking to be a threat on the offensive boards next year too. And as a pick and roll man, 61% when he gets the ball and rolls to the rim. So the Pelicans have threats in the pick and roll. They have threats from spot up shooting now with JJ Redick on the team. Maybe Nicolo Melli, depending on his minutes. You have guys who are excellent in the pick and roll with Zion Williamson, with Jackson Hayes, and now Derek Favors. Overall, this is a team that should be competing for a playoff spot next year. This isn't that long rebuild that we were seeing. This is retooling on the fly and getting some solid NBA players in the building who can help you win next season. So overall, just an amazing day for New Orleans in free agency. Getting a starting center in Derek Favors, a guy that they needed to get, who also fulfills that veteran leadership presence, adds a lot defensively to the team. And by the way, not on a long-term deal. That's important. You get the shooting in J.J. Redick, also not on a long-term deal. Also that veteran presence. And you bring a bit of an unknown in with Nicolo Melli coming over from overseas, being that stretch big that New Orleans needed. They're not necessarily done in free agency yet there's probably going to be more to come maybe Jared Dudley maybe another guard or point guard in the backcourt to be more of a facilitator rather than a combo two guard but overall this was a very good day with New Orleans filling a lot of their needs and doing it with quality players not necessarily bottom of the barrel guys mid to bottom tiers this is going to be a very fun team for New Orleans next season we're going to be breaking it all down here on Locked On Pelicans Tomorrow, we'll look at why no four-year deals are really important, why all of these deals just make a lot of sense from a salary cap perspective and a Zion Williamson extension perspective. That's something that's going to be very important. We're going to keep looking at all of the players. We'll talk about the NBA 
NBA as a whole in free agency. It was a wild day yesterday. The landscape of the NBA is changed big time from last season, and we'll keep looking at what New Orleans will probably be doing. So an awesome job by New Orleans on the opening day of free agency. Futures looking bright, the short term also looking bright, and we're going to be covering it all the time here on Locked On Pelicans. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Again, if you're a new subscriber, thank you for tuning in. If you've been here with me since the beginning, I appreciate that. This has been a lot of fun. You guys are loving every second of this Pelicans ride, and I am here right along with you, and we'll be covering it as always. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.